It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Our friends at Green Mountain Dental Group deserve to take a lot of credit for those smiling Colorado sports fans around town especially all of our DNVR listeners who've switched to Green Mountain Dental Group over the years to make them their permanent family dentist. If you schedule a cleaning and x-ray exam, you're going to receive a free Sonicare toothbrush from Green Mountain Dental Group located only 15 minutes from downtown Denver. That's your first pitch. Now let's play ball. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Strava CBD Coffee is going to improve the quality of your morning since it's rich in both CBD CBG can help out with any chronic headaches, joint pains, IBS, and so many other symptoms that may afflict you in the morning. Don't worry, you're not going to get those coffee jitters if you want three or four cups in the morning and afternoon. Now, when you go to StravaCraftCoffee.com, you will get 25% off your first purchase when using code DNVR25. I'm your host, Patrick Lyons, and on today's DNVR Rockies podcast, We've got a hodgepodge of events to go over, everything from the current CBA and lockout owners and players did meet together in the same room on Saturday. I'll let you know how that went. We've got a couple questions in our mailbox. I've got to let you know that we got some great shows this week with Kevin Henry from Rocks Pile, Evan Lang from Purple Row, and a live show in studio this week, as well as always, Drew Goodman. But let's get started off with the man who's back for his 14th season, within the Rockies organization. You know him as Chuck Nasty, Charles Cobb Blackman, or typically as 99% of the population knows him, just plain old Charlie Blackman. Everybody here, of course, knows him by Chuck Nasty. That would be his preferred name in many cases. But 2008, think back, 2008, they go and select him out of Georgia Tech. And though his road to the majors was a little bit winding, and well, you know, he did make his debut in, in 2011, but it took him until 2014 for him to get regular playing time. And now he is a staple of this franchise. You think back to the last time Todd Helton played, the end of 2013. You think about the trades of Troy Tulowitzki in 2015, which seems closer to a decade ago than it does just about six and a half, seven years ago. And most recently, Nolan Arenado. And so really through all of that, You've got Charlie Blackman there as a staple. You go around at the ballpark, Coors Field, or even on the road. A lot of times when Rockies fans are traveling, you'll see a lot of 19s, a lot of purple 19s, purple pinstripes, the black vest. Charlie Blackman is an integral figure of the organization. Charlie's been around for so long that there's only seven players right now in all of MLB who've been with their team, their current team, Longer, And I say current team because we'll see what happens with Clayton Kershaw. He could certainly get added to this list, but he's a free agent right now. We don't know if he'll be back 
in L.A. But but that list goes to Yadier Molina in 2001, Joey Votto with the Reds in 2002 when he was first selected by Cincinnati, Adam Wainwright in 2003, Salvador Perez in 2006, and then three guys in 2007, Miguel Cabrera, Jose Altuve, Freddie Freeman. And he could very well come off that list as well. So maybe we're really only talking about six guys that are actively with their team right now. And you'd have to take Wainwright and Miguel Cabrera off if you're talking about players who've only been with one team in their career. In fact, Wainwright did come up as a prospect with Atlanta, didn't actually play in the majors with them. But nevertheless, Charlie Blackman is in rare company for his generation. Now, in the registry of Major League Baseball, there's over 20,000 names, which seems both like a lot and a little, as it's been put out there many a times, is the lower bowl of Coors Field is about 20,000. So if you could bring back from the dead and resurrect every player in the history of baseball, they would only fill up the lower level of Coors Field. That's it. That is it. 20,000, really the number is closer to 22,000, but just over 20,000 players in the official registry since 1871. And of those group of guys, less than 100 players have ever been with their franchise for the entirety of their career, one team, and have recorded over 1,450 base hits. So just shy of 1,500 base hits, which is not a huge number. It's not a super high mark, obviously. But to be with one team for the entirety of your career, that would be a harder challenge for so many reasons. Even when you go back when players weren't traded as frequently and there was no free agency really for the first hundred years of baseball, you would have thought there'd be more guys that would be on this list, but it's not. It's only 79 players. We're talking Stan Usual, Roberto Clemente, Karaszczymski, George Brett, Cal Ripken Jr., Tony Gwynn most recently. You know those names. Of that 79, 41 are Hall of Famers, more than half of the list. And by no means am I trying to suggest or say that Charlie Blackman deserves to be in a Hall of Fame. No, I'm simply pointing out that Charlie is is very much in a league of his own and a very small league of players who have meant so much to only one franchise. That's it. Charlie Blackman can only be claimed by fans at Coors Field. That's it. Only him and only Todd Helton. Those are 100% Rockies guys. And yeah, of course, Carlos Gonzalez, we know, came up with Oakland, did spend some time in 2019 with Cleveland and the Cubs. And there's a few other players. Obviously, we know Rockies fans will claim more than anyone else. But there could be some kid out there in Houston who says, man, I love Vinny Castilla. He did play with the Astros for a little while. And in Tampa, okay, there's going to be those people. Nobody can do that with Charlie Blackman and Todd Helton. Those guys are Rockies. And yes, you know, Charlie could go elsewhere, but he does have an option after the 2022 season here. And he said he's going to pick that up. He's going to opt into the 2023 season. It's a $10 million option. So he does plan on coming back. And I frankly don't think Charlie wants to go elsewhere. There are going to be teams when this lockout ends that'll be knocking on the Rockies door saying, you know what, we could use a veteran guy if you don't mind, you know, maybe meeting us halfway and and buying out some of his contracts. So maybe we only need to spend 
10, 15 million on his contract over the next two seasons. You know, we'll, we'll give you a nice prospect. If you want to spend even more money for him to play w- with our team, we'll give you an even better prospect. And I think if given that option, Charlie would rather just stay a member of the Rockies. He really would. Like that's how much this organization and that's how much this town and that's how much comfort in many ways, how much it means to him. And yes, he would love to win a world series, but he's willing to make that sacrifice in order to stay in the purple pinstripes for the entirety of his career. The other interesting thing about what Charlie's been able to do here over the course of 11 big league seasons in Denver is stay healthy. Now he has a crazy regimen and and I'll get acquainted with that again this year, as it does appear that press may be allowed back into clubhouses before and after games. Because in 2018 and 2019, if Charlie had a big game, you knew that you were going to be waiting in that clubhouse for close to an hour because, look, this is his his job. His job is to stay healthy, to be ready for the next day, and he would have to both cool down and also get in his his weight training and and keep himself healthy to be at the echelon that he's at. And it's shown because he's essentially, since 2014 becoming a regular, been one of the healthiest outfielders in all of baseball. No one has run out to the outfield more times than him. It's over 1,000. Nick Castellanos is actually the next closest, but... He's he's number one. He's tops pretty much in all of baseball. Carlos Santana since 2014 has played you know a few more games than him, but he's also been aided by close to 200 games at the designated hitter spot. And Charlie is he's only been the DH about 37 times. So Charlie is going out there, and to do it at altitude, just again, it makes it all the more impressive. Now, if you subscribe to the dnvr.com, now only 50 cents for your first month. And even if you don't subscribe, it's actually a free article right now over on the dnvr.com. If you want to check that out, I appreciate all the positive feedback everyone has given me on the piece. It was definitely one of the more enjoyable articles I've been able to write, but that's free. It's unlocked for everyone to take a look at with more statistics, facts, figures, more heartstrings that are getting pulled upon. And you, you sort of learn also that Charlie has an interesting ability to avoid double plays. I won't get into the specifics. Again, you'll have to read the article, but he is in a very elite class to have avoided grounding into double plays. And you know where he's been at in the lineup. He's had plenty of opportunities for rolling over on one on a 6-4-3 double play to end an inning or you know to kill a rally, whatever it may be. But You'll have to go and look to see some of the names and really what era these guys played in and how much of an anomaly Charlie Blackman and his skill set has been for over a decade for the Colorado Rockies. As mentioned, it is only 50 cents for your first month at the dnvr.com for all of our great coverage of the Avs, Nuggets, Broncos, Rams, Buffs. We got rugby. We also have coverage now of the Colorado Rapids. We got CONCACAF Champions League coming up this week. A watch party, live shows. Come on down to the bar on the corner of Colfax, New York to join in on all of that. And members, all you got to do is flash that membership. And you know, you get a bigger beer when you're hanging down at the DNVR bar. And that bigger beer, of course, is going to be a Breckenridge Brewery beer. It's our official beer of DNVR. And they're also our official hard seltzer. It's good company hard seltzer, 
now available at the DNVR bar on the corner of Colfax and York. And it's available at your King Supers, Safeway, Costco, anywhere you pick up your alcoholic liqueurs. Hey, go get a tap pack. You get a sampler with black cherry, honeydew, so many delicious flavors in there. And the coolest part about Good Company Hard Seltzer by Breckenridge Brewery is that Breck is donating profits to the National Parks Conservation Association this year to help with prevention of forest fires. Now that the holidays are over, you want to turn over that new leaf, as I mentioned. You're doing it with Strava Craft Coffee. Well, now you can do it with Lightshade, Colorado's premier dispensary, and their solution It's called Wana. No matter when you take them, Wana Optimal's Fast Asleep Gummies will leave you feeling rested and refreshed in the morning. It's not that over-the-counter stuff that leaves you in a fog because it's going to knock you out with those powerful drugs. You don't want that. No. What you want is Wana's carefully calibrated formula that contains 10 milligrams of CBD and just a hint of THC that will get your eyelids feeling heavy in just 5 to 15 minutes. And in zero minutes, you can order Wana Optimal's Fast Asleep Gummies at Lightshade.com. Get 25% off with code DNVR. Use code DNVR at any of Lightshade's 10 metro area locations. And yeah, now that the Super Bowl is over, it's time for a different type of DraftKings pick of the week. I'm going with the University of Arizona. That's right, the Wildcats to win the College World Series. Sure, baseball might not be back in the major league form, We'll be back pretty soon in the minor league form, but college baseball is just about to get heated up. And you got plus 1,800 for Arizona to win the College World Series. Last year, they finished ninth in the poll. They did go to the College World Series. They played really well. And now they got former MLB manager and alumnus Chip Hale leading the way. They didn't have a great recruiting class coming in, but guess what? Those guys rarely contribute at this stage. So no harm, no foul. Keep your eye out for catcher Daniel Susak who, if he can be like Buster Posey was when he was with Florida State, the Wildcats have their best chance at winning it all in Omaha this year. It's my DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week, Arizona plus 100 to win the College World Series. Well, I wanted to wait to discuss the latest with the CBA and the lockout until the last segment, but let's go ahead and slip that in here now so we can move past it and end on a high note. It is day 75 of the lockout. But Saturday was the first economic proposal made by MLB in quite some time. In fact, only the second proposal they had made since they instituted the lockout back on midnight in December 1st. Owners seem to have given in a little bit somewhat, but it was very small margin. Very small. Negligible, in fact. And it, it seems as if the start of spring training will be delayed Tuesday is really supposed to be the start of spring training. I think some teams were supposed to report today on Monday, February 14th. Nevertheless, we're not going to hear the pop of the baseball mitt and see that green grass and beautiful sunshine in Florida and in Arizona. It's not going to happen. It is pushback, but you should know that this doesn't mean everything will now be pushed back. It does not. Typically, spring training will last six weeks. And just because the date that pitchers and catchers first report will get pushed back doesn't mean everything gets pushed back six weeks. If you went and listened to Commissioner Rob Manfred's press conference on Thursday, he did say, you know what? I think players can get ready in a minimum of four weeks. I thought they would be pushed to three weeks, and they still may, but four weeks was the number that he quoted at. And he thinks ultimately all players can report in a matter of one week. I think he's even counting on international players as well with who may have visa issues. And if they do, 
you know, again, then those players will have a little bit less time, but you can get spring training done in a shorter amount of time. It's not ideal, and it will probably lead to an increase in injuries, especially after the rough 2021 that players had bouncing back from the rough 2020 where you could only have 60 games and pitchers didn't throw very much. No one, I think, was even able to break 100 innings. If it was, it was maybe one player. Maybe it was Shane Bieber. But 2020 was rough, which made 2020 even rougher. And now if players have four weeks of spring training, that's going to be hard. But guess what? There'll be a season. We'll get by. So the real deadline is is going to be later on this month. We still have another week or two before there's going to be any major implications. Now, if you've scheduled a trip down to Arizona to watch the Rockies at Salt River Field, especially for that first game that they always play against the Arizona Diamondbacks, then that very well is in jeopardy. The first spring training game is supposed to be on February 26th, all around baseball. And yes, that is most definitely in jeopardy. And that may not happen, but again, that doesn't mean games in March won't happen. And that opening day won't take place in Los Angeles on March 31st for the Rockies. I could speculate for hours upon hours of of what it would mean if they started baseball a week later. Like, does that mean now Coors Field is going to actually host opening day? It's not going to be the home opener against the Dodgers. It'll actually now be opening day seeing as though the first week got pushed back, maybe. Because I imagine these teams have already booked up their hotels, so it's just a totally different situation than we had in 2020. So, in fact, I probably would say that's the case, but let's not even go there yet. Let's let's not worry about that just yet. If we really want to chastise MLB and, and what's going on, we should probably look at something that transpired on Friday in a federal court in which a lawyer for Major League Baseball said that minor league players should not be paid during spring training, which has always been the case, but because they should be considered trainees. That's the problem. That's the problem right there. And really, the problem is the fact that minor leaguers have long had little to no rights. And that was true of of Major League Baseball players, too, before they were able to unionize. And owners said, well, look, this is the way it's always been. If we were to change things, oh boy, it's going to create a lot of chaos. And you know, since the advent of free agency, baseball's been pretty darn good financially. They may no longer be the national pastime, but I don't know that you could put that down to free agency. Free agency seems to be working perfectly fine in the other major sports. But baseball, all of a sudden, that's a problem? No, I don't buy that one. Now, minor leaguers are going to have their housing covered this year by Major League Baseball. And we don't know exactly what that's going to look like if they're going to be renting out homes and there's going to be two players to each bedroom. So it's it may not be ideal still, but you know what? Players will not have to scrape by when it comes to paying their rent. Or in the case of Larry Walker, again, if you follow me on Twitter, you would have seen that in Larry Walker's speech, he even said that when he was in the minor leagues, he actually had to borrow money from his parents in order to continue to be a professional. And you really wonder why there aren't young people flocking to this game in droves because it's not very lucrative financially, especially in the early part of a player's career. And 
know, we've been talking about it all week with Kyler Murray, who was the ninth overall pick by the Oakland Athletics in 2018. And yet, even though he was ninth overall, he's going to make a lot more money in the NFL. And guess what? Even if he was drafted in the back of the first round or even in the second round, even if he was drafted in the third round, doesn't matter. When you have a skill set like Kyler Murray, the NFL pays for that. And Major League Baseball doesn't pay you right now until you've already had six years of service time, which for so many guys is more like seven years, and then you can join free agency. That's also after you've gone all through the minor leagues at that point. So it's rough being a minor league player. And only some of those guys will get those big bonuses. Others, not very much. Others, they're really spending all that money on good nutrition, on trainers in the offseason, on their rent. Now they don't have to worry about that. So we'll see what this housing situation looks like for the season now that MLB has finally stepped up. But as far as paying these players in spring training, one of the representatives for the players, Garrett Brocious, a guy who's a former minor leaguer who's arguing for the players and helps run advocates for minor leaguers, really good site. Usually if you see something trending on social media, he's leading the charge on that. But he said, quote, all of a sudden, minor leaguers aren't employees during the time periods where we call it, quote, training. Even though they're operating under the same employment contract that requires them to perform services through the calendar year, they're not considered employees. And so Major League Baseball is really trying to have it both ways. And, and the thing that is really bad in the article that I was able to read from The Athletic is that Major League Baseball hired an expert at the rate of $775 per hour you know, lawyers, who argued that players in spring training actually receive a value of $2,200 weekly from their teams based on what youth and amateur players pay for baseball training. If Major League Baseball really is flabbergasting, and even think about it too, don't these teams want their players to train underneath the best? I mean, if, if minor leaguers had that option, I'm sure if the minor leaguers could create a union, they'd say, okay, fine. You know what we'll do? We'll just have our own camps where we'll rent facilities either in the Cactus League or in the Grapefruit League or work with various universities and cover their payments for their facilities. They could do that and, again, maybe only end up spending $1,200 a week per player and a much lower value. Of course, Major League Baseball would not want that. So... Not not a good look right now for the owners of the game, but, I mean, tell me a sport in which the owners look good. I mean, it, it just doesn't exist. Those, those billionaires, they just they don't look good. It's not looking great right now for that, but uh, I am excited that these minor leaguers are going to have their housing paid. They're going to start their season on time, as, as crazy as the major league level stuff goes. Minor league baseball is going to get off without a hitch, which is great, especially since they lost their season in 2020 you got AAA starting on april 5th rest of minor leagues is going to get started on april 8th and all minor leaguers will report on march 1st so it's not as if we will never hear the pop of the mitt and see that green grass and the sunshine blasting through those blue skies no we'll see it it just may not be until march 1st but if you want to see one of the best views in all of Colorado, hey, you could be employed in Golden. That's right, at the Ball Plant 
working on the front line of their manufacturer production of aluminum beverage cans. That's a beautiful commute if I've ever seen one. It's $27 an hour on top of it. You get an increase at 6, 12, and 18 months on the job. Potential for an annual bonus. And you also get comprehensive insurance active the day of hire, 401k for retirement. A lot of really great benefits for working for a company like Ball. They'll take care of you real well, no matter what your background is. All you got to do is text GOLDEN to 77222 to get linked to those open positions. Or just go to jobs.ball.com and search for GOLDEN. Then you can take that hard-earned paycheck and buy yourself a home with the expertise and support of Chevalier Mortgage. Chevalier Mortgage's ultimate goal is to take the stress out of buying and refinancing. They strive to give borrowers their full financial picture in mind, giving them all the options, with the highest level of integrity, always putting their borrowers first. Now, keep in mind, if you're currently a homeowner, guess what? There's natural equity in your home. You could still move and get something different, something better for you and your family. You can make the bubble work for you, and Chevalier Mortgage can help you out with that. Right now, they've got a fun perk for DNVR listeners. When you visit them at dnvrmortgage.com, you can enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do. Most importantly, you get set up with free consultation to discuss all your options. That's dnvrmortgage.com. Call Virginia directly at 303-257-6578 or just visit dnvrmortgage.com. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number 1910631. Time to get to that Monday mailbox. Everybody on the members-only Discord. It's another one of those cool perks you get when you subscribe to the dnvr.com is you get a members-only Discord where you can engage with other members that we have as well as hosts and personalities we've got fun rooms where we're talking movies tv pro wrestling which is a fun little hobby that i have of course all of the major sports betting and the olympics and of course we've got our rockies chat where all our peeps go in and we bounce around various different topics from the game sometimes venting our frustration with the team that we love so very much but we do have some good questions that we've got to get to and address today. First of which coming from our guy SP84 on Discord. He wants to know if the Rockies are to dig themselves out of this, who is their best hope in the draft? And what is their James Shields to the White Sox for Fernando Tatis trade? Yeah, that's right. Fernando Tatis was signed by the White Sox. And before he could even suit up for Chicago, even in the Dominican Summer League, he was traded to San Diego in that James Shields deal. Well, first things first, their best hope in the draft is really to just get the best available player. That's the bottom line is with Major League Baseball, you're never really looking to fill gaps within your organization. I think in later parts and later rounds of the draft, you may do that where in the 10th round you say, well, you know what? We, we kind of have a hole in the middle infield spot. So, that could be the deciding factor in whether you take this shortstop from UCLA versus you know, an outfielder from Wichita State, whatever it may be. You might do that to a degree, but nobody really knows what's going to happen in two, three years for any player of any caliber. So the Rockies just need to take the best player that's on the board. In a most recent mock draft by Baseball America, in the most recent mock draft by Baseball America, they've got the Rockies taking second base shortstop, more of a second baseman though, out of the University of Arkansas, Robert Moore. And 
you know, by all means, hey, look, if you're selected in the top 10, there's going to be some serious upside on you. I personally don't like that position because second base is a position that you end up in if you're not able to deal with the defensive abilities that are needed to be successful at shortstop or even third base. We've also seen the Rockies do a good job of transitioning players into second baseman, so I don't love that. But again, if he is the best hitter on the board and that's what you're trying to go after, then so be it. Now, maybe the Rockies have figured out a way to develop starting pitching. It hasn't been going on long enough. Now, we can say that probably 2016 is the start of the Rockies' rotation where it's been incredibly solid. And that even dates back to five years before then when they're developing guys like Tyler Chatwood or rather acquiring him in a trade from the Angels and, and Tyler Chatwood and Tyler Anderson and Chad Bettis and John Gray. So that did take some time. So maybe you even say, all right, it's been close to a decade. Maybe they've figured some things out. And you know what? You don't have to target pitching early on. They've also had mixed results in the first round. Some good, Kyle Freeland, John Gray, some not so good, Riley Pint. So look, they just need to take the best player available each and every year. And we'll see what happens with Drew Romo because I really wanted them in the 2020 draft to get at least two pitchers with their first three picks. And they only got one. They only got Chris McMahon. And they went with, with Drew Romo there as a catcher. And so that's one of the reasons why I gave them a little bit lower of a grade on our draft show. But Drew Romo, I really think, probably was the best player that was available at that point. And so you know, I can't really knock them for that because that's just what they need to do at this point, like a lot of teams. And as far as the second part of SP84's question, the James Shields for Fernando Tatis trade, well, look, it, it would have to be Herman Marquez. And in fact, I don't even know if it has to be Herman Marquez. It could be Kyle Freeland. Now, he only has two more years left before he's a free agent. And by two years, I mean at the end of next year. At the end of 2023, Kyle Freeland's going to be a free agent. And the reason why I say, hey, it may not have to be Marquez is because James Field. James Shields was not the same James Shields as he was when he was with Tampa Bay at that point when he was with the Padres. And so I think the White Sox reached a little bit on that deal and the Padres definitely took advantage of it. They took advantage of a lot of trades at that point in their franchise with new general manager, A.J. Preller, and they were very aggressive to help build their farm system. And you saw the benefits that that farm system has allowed them the last two or three years, trading just about anyone and everyone to get the players that they wanted most. And now their farm system is, is suffering a little bit because of it, but look at how good the talent is at the big league level still has some questions and they probably could have done a better job in acquiring big league talent, but they bolstered their farm system by trading their best and most valuable players from the big league team. And I don't know that we ever see a trade quite to that level of James Shields for Fernando Tatis and Eric Johnson, don't forget he was in that deal too. But that's going to be a hard one to ever match because teams are very much going to be afraid of trading away the next Fernando Tatis, the next international free agent. James comes in by saying, hey, why didn't the Rockies commit to Bud Black longer? They've been rebuilding for a while, and it seems like he's kept them competitive. Fair point. And if you go back and listen to Friday's podcast with AT&T Sportsnet's Drew Goodman, he basically intimated that, you know what? Maybe Buddy didn't necessarily want to stay any longer than that. Maybe he wants to also 
see what the future of this franchise is going to be. What commitments are they going to make? And so if he signs a two-year extension and he's there through 2024, well, there might be even more of a transition for this franchise at that point. Because as talented as they are on the field right now, we know they've got their holes. We know they've got flaws. But the rotation is big enough and good enough that you could squint and say, hey, if things go right, they could make the postseason. Or they could at least contend for the postseason. We'll see what they do when the lockout is over. But you could understand that you could squint to possibly see that. After the 2023 season, I'm not sure what this franchise looks like. Because not only do you not have the veteran presence of Charlie Blackman, you have Kyle Freeland, who will be entering free agency, as will Ryan McMahon. Herman Marquez will only have one more year before he goes into free agency. Ryan Maltapia will be a free agent at that point. Not that you are putting him out there as an integral member of this team over the next two years. But of those players that are lifting the most weight, CJ Crow and throw him in there. He's got a two-year deal. He'll be a free agent. There could be even more turnover on this roster. I think there will be after the 2023 season. Now, in 2024, we should start to see a lot more of those prospects you've been hearing about down in the minors. Tolia might even see him during 2022. Ryan Rollison will see this year at some point. Ezekiel Tovar might be up at some point by 2023. Zach Veen might be more of a late 24, early 25, depending on how his trajectory goes. So there's going to be a major shift in these next two years. And I don't know how it's going to look anything other than a rebuild at that point. And so, hey, Buddy may not want to deal with what's going on at that point. And so you understand that maybe he was the one who only wanted one more year. B-Rad in our members-only Discord wants to know, are our two best hitters in 2022 Ryan McMahon and CJ Crone? Well, I would tend to think Ryan McMahon will be one of the two best hitters next year. I think Brennan Rogers is going to be in that conversation. I don't think he his numbers, I think, will fall behind McMahon just a little bit. But then when you couple with the fact that he's playing second base, maybe you say, well, you know what? B-Rod may have been a little bit more valuable with what he did offensively at second base than what McMahon did offensively at third base. I think those guys probably have to be about one and two. I think Charlie Blackman's going to be in the conversation a little bit. We know his best days are behind him. CJ Crone, I hope he can continue to do what he did last year. I don't know that that's necessarily fair to say he's going to continue to do that. He was pretty healthy for the duration of the year, had that monstrous August. If he doesn't have that, his numbers are still going to be pretty darn good. Still would have looked nice. You still would have wanted him back on a two-year deal. But it might not be reasonable to think that he's going to go out and be a 30-homer, 90-RBI guy. Again, it's possible. But he may take a small step back. And we'll really have to wait and see what's going on in the free agent market, who the Rockies would sign. Because if it's Kyle Schwarber or Nick Castellanos, then you got to throw that player into the conversation as being one of the top two best offensive players. And Sam Hilliard, you know, we'll, we'll see what he does. Hopefully he will get some of that playing time. But the odds on favorites, 
And not by a lot. Not by a lot. McMahon's got to be number one. And then you may have just a three-way tie between Crone, Blackman, and Brendan Rodgers. Yeah, I, le- I left out Elias Diaz again. He's another player that I don't know if he can replicate what he did last year because it was quite possibly the best offensive season for a catcher that we've ever seen. And, and hey, look, Willie Rosario, he hit a lot of home runs, but what did he do in his other at-bats? That kind of tells a little bit of a tale as well as far as what he was able to do in the overall picture offensively. And finally, will the Rockies really not receive a compensation pick for the loss of Trevor's story? Great question. And this was in the middle of a conversation about Rob Manfred talking about that draft compensation for free agents will not be included in this next CBA, something that players wanted more than anything, because anytime you had that connection between a free agent and the loss of a draft pick, that really impacts some of your flexibility on the free agent market. It's one of the reasons why I don't think the Rockies were going to go after a guy like Michael Conforto or Nick Castellanos, because if they sign either of those guys who got a qualifying offer and rejected it, then the Rockies lose a pick. And that's the exact opposite of what they need to be doing. They need to be gaining picks. The last time that they had to give up a draft pick was in 2017 because they had signed Ian Desmond and they lost the 11th overall pick in that draft. And so they had to wait into the 40th, the 41st pick with Ryan Vallade. And their system really has been hurting ever since. That and the Riley Pint draft. You can't have two back-to-back drafts that go as poorly as those did. And again, that's not an indictment on Ryan Vallade, but that's that's a second-round pick, right? You you lost your first-round pick. As a second-round pick, Ryan Vallade has lived up to the hype so far, and we'll see what he does this year. I'm really looking forward to seeing that, that pop in his bat, seeing how well the defense comes along in the outfield. Anyone that tells you he's an infielder is clearly not paying attention. No offense, but you miss out on a lot when you don't have those high round draft picks. And so the Rockies can't afford to lose that pick. And so therefore they're out on a free agent and therefore that free agent and the union does not benefit as much financially without as many teams going back and forth, vying for a player services and jacking up the price. So that's bad for the big time free agents and it's bad for the union. Now, what does that mean for the Rockies? Well, you know, I've been searching, I've been reaching out to a lot of contacts and mostly I've been hearing that this probably the the draft pick compensation, the removal of that probably won't take place until next off season. Because if you keep it around now, it's very much a damned if you do, damned if you don't kind of situation. But if you wait until next off season, once this lockout ends, teams will go about their business exactly as they had been before the lockout. Nothing changes. There's no, there's no penalties. If you do sign Castellanos or Michael Conforto, you already knew even before the break that you're going to lose a pick. And so nothing has changed there. Okay, next year we know that those big-time free agents will be able to sign them and not have to worry about loss of a draft pick. But if you institute that immediately, yes, you are taking away that draft pick from the Rockies that they had been banking on all season long and something that I had been throwing out there as a reason why maybe they should trade Trevor Story 
Because if it's not guaranteed that you're going to get that draft pick compensation, if something changes in the CBA that totally flips this thing on its head, and I don't know if that ever could have truly been the case, but if you are not going to be guaranteed draft pick compensation because the rules change, well, then you absolutely need to trade Trevor Story. You absolutely need to do it. Coupled with the issues he was having with his arm and the reduction of his effectiveness defensively and a somewhat down year at the plate, all of that rolled into one makes you think, well, he might even only sign a one-year deal. And if he signs a one-year lucrative $22 million type Josh Donaldson deal, well, guess what? Now we get a lower draft pick. He needs to make at least $50 million or more in order to get that pick after the first round. So there's all of these specifics that are really against the Rockies going into this year. It's the reason why they should have moved. They should have acted. But these questions now exist about story. We'll see what happens. Like I said, I really think this is going to be for next offseason and every offseason after that because you'd really be changing the rules here in the middle of everything. And, I, and I, that doesn't, doesn't really seem to line up and make sense. But that's going to be the most curious thing to find out. That's the first thing I'm going to be looking at when we have that document available to us to scour over and see all the new wrinkles in the new CBA. Did the Rockies get screwed over here? And we hope not. We hope that's not the case. And I don't think it will be the case. So we'll wait and see. Really excited for this week's shows. Monday, going to talk to Kevin Henry. You'll probably be able to hear that episode either on Tuesday or Wednesday. We know we talked with Mark Knutson on Friday, the original Colorado kid. Before Kyle Freeland, it was Mark Knutson, born in Denver, played with the Zephyrs when they were a AAA team at Mile High Stadium. And then he later played with the Rockies in 1993. Talks about Don Baylor. Talks about being a teammate with Dante Bichette, Nolan Ryan. Did a couple of wacky things on his baseball cards, which you can see. Again, got to jump over to the DNVR Sports channel on YouTube to see our conversation before it drops as a podcast. Don't want to miss out on that. Really great stuff from Mark. So glad he was able to join us. Have to do that again. Drew Goodman will be on this week. We'll be in studio with Evan Lang from Purple Row. So very exciting week, as always, on tap as we get closer and closer to opening day. Got to throw a question mark on that one. We are getting closer to it. I just don't know how close we are. We'll have it eventually. And we'll have fun along the way as we wait, cross our fingers, and hope for the best. Follow me on Twitter at Patrick D. Lyons. And, of course, all our great Rockies content is at DNVR underscore Rockies on Twitter. Thank you so much for tuning in. This has been real fun. And you know what they say about momentum? It's only as good as tomorrow's podcast. So I will talk to you then. 